welcome to Picks with the Professor College Football Bowl Show Round One. I don't know how many of these rounds, but yeah, uh, we got seven, ga- eight games, eight games, seven games. That's seven, seven yeah. games, nine picks. Yeah, there's, 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 there's value to be had out there, and uh, we are putting the player based model through its paces. Is what I would say. We we really are, and and I think that's evidence. If you're with us on Dub Club, you saw the initial projections, and if you compare that to these projections, there's a couple of them that like didn't move at all. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of them that are moving five six points based off of the opt outs. Caveat from the start. Anybody in the transfer portal, we are guessing at this point, unless the player has said something or has committed to a new school, or like if the player's been taken off of the official roster online, we're kind of like, yeah, they're probably not playing. Yeah, or or if the coaches come out and said, you know, because because some coaches have said this, I'm letting my players who have entered the portal play, or some of them are, you know, assholes. And are like, no, no, I'm not letting you play if you've entered if you've entered the portal. So unless you specifically know your coach's stance on that or the coaches in the game stance on that, um, yeah, we have no way of knowing. It, you know, it, examples right, McCall and Pavia both last year, two of the better quarterbacks for smaller schools entered the transfer portal, played in the bowl game and came back. No big deal. And that's what's mm-hmm. gonna happen for a lot of these kids. There's a lot of the kids in the transfer portal that that aren't that weren't playing that, that they're and, and they want to go somewhere they can play. I, I mean, as someone who played college athletics, I understand you, you want to go yeah. play, and that's fine. Uh, so some of these aren't big losses, but some of them are. They want to go to a better school, a more prestigious school. Some of them are putting their names in the portal, and they're probably going to go in the draft anyway or something like that, right? Yeah. Who, who knows? There's just so many things out there. We tried to do the best we could. If your name is in the portal, we put you at 50%. And the reason why is because if we didn't know anything else, we're just going to say, hey, might play, they might not play. We don't want to say one way or the other and be right. So we're kind of saying on average, how do we think it'll play out? And, and obviously it's possible that there'll be one school with one of these situations where, um, you know, all of them are, are, are not playing and, and one role of them are right. So there, there may be a, a few switches like that, but I think we've done a pretty good job here of, of assessing that and figuring out we're going to go through everything in this episode, all the opt outs and important situations that we know of the weather and, of course, the picks that we like the most on seven of the first eight bowl games. We don't have Tuesdays on here. Don't really like anything on it right now. So right now, you know, we don't have any action on that one. Uh, but we do have action on the first seven. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the next week holds. Uh, but a, a recap before we get going. If you've been with us for any time, you're like, yeah, I know. It's great. We love you. Let's go. Um, if you haven't, uh, you know, we used to explain, you know, Maybe I should explain this again for some people, you know, my background as a statistician and a a former statistics professor and blah, blah, blah and everything. But also the credentials are on the screen right there. I mean, uh, last last week with conference championships, uh, four and one with a 90 percent ROI. How do you do that? You do that with 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 taking dogs, taking plus odds and finding the wrong team favorite games. And we nailed Alabama. We nailed Miami. we went two and one on the sides on show and, and got two other ones that we didn't even have on the show that, that were held back for our people on dub club. Uh, totals have been good. Size have been good. It's been a, a great year. It's been a fun year. Yep. Uh, hopefully we can cap it off with another successful bowl season last year. I don't know if we can compete with what we did last year, but we're sure as heck going to try. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. 
to do that well. And we're going to start things off uh, with uh, any if you enjoy the Dub Club, you know that you already know that spiel. We're going to start things off 12 p.m. Eastern Georgia Southern and Ohio. Um, where do we start with Ohio? I guess with uh, you know Curtis Rourke being the what all everything. Yeah, uh, for them, quarterback who is um, at this point uh, probably not going to play for Ohio. His name is in the transfer portal. We suspect he won't. So he's actually been listed at twenty percent in this projection. Um, Georgia Southern, a solid team, but not quite as good. As Ohio, we give Ohio the slight edge, even without Curtis Rourke, uh, mainly on the strength of that defense. And that defense has been so strong all season long. Georgia Southern has been a team that's had games where they've looked good and had games where they've looked questionable. We can't just ignore one or the other. They're okay team. Uh, but the strongest unit on the field will absolutely be Ohio's defense. Um and Ohio's offense, while likely taking a huge step back w- without Rourke, could still probably score on Georgia Southern's defense because just about <laughs> everybody else did. Yeah. It's a coin toss type game. We lean Ohio, and yet again, we're going to start off with another wrong team favorite game according to the model. Ohio plus 150 is an A-grade pick. And Cousin Jared, I think the main thing I just want to start off with people and, and clarify and talk about is, you know, we had Alabama on the money line. We had Miami of Ohio on the money line last week. We had some of these, these – these dogs in these situations and they kind of all happen to win. We don't necessarily expect them all to win uh, as much as I'd love to go 40 and 0 in this bowl season. That's an unlikely accomplishment. Our goal isn't to go 40 and one. I mean, I mean, it kind of is, but it also like, sure. My goal is also to be a billionaire, right? Like, let's right. Right. Yeah. Like at some point, you know, you have to, you have to think logical here. And our goal is simply to make sure that we're betting games at prices such that at the end of the day, we have more money in our bank account than when we started. And sometimes mm-hmm. that means we're going to take some plus 150s and they're going to lose. But if they win about half the time, that is fantastic. And so we're not saying that Ohio wins this game. We're saying there's a good enough chance that plus 150 is a pretty dang good play to start off bowl season. Mm-hmm. Give us your take. Yeah. So when, when you look at who is in the transfer for, portal for Ohio, you've got quarterback, wide receiver, running back, running back, wide receiver slash tight end, and then you've got one linebacker. So uh, a lot of losses on the offensive side there. And if you have watched or heard us talk about or kept up with Ohio at all this year, you know that all of their success, almost all of their success, has absolutely nothing to do with the offensive side of the ball. And as much as you – Which you get a shock, sis, because we did not expect that coming into the season. Day one, they played San Diego State, and we were like revved up for that, thinking about good offense versus good defense. And like both of those teams just went into bizarro mode for very different reasons, you know. But yeah, Ohio has just been this like, we're going to slow it down and play good defense. And we're like, what is this? It just – it blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, nothing I think that anybody could have expected out of uh, this team this season. Yeah. And so, um, you know, sideline knows that all those offensive players are out and it still sees an, an edge on Ohio. So uh, I definitely like the, the plus 150 on the strength of Ohio's defense and how well it has played all season. Um, I would also say that you could get three and a half points if, if you wanted mm-hmm. to. That is also an option, um, you know, in addition to the plus 150. 
personally, I like the plus 150 better here because if Ohio were to lose this game, we always like to talk about how this how this thing loses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get in a shootout. Somehow, Georgia Southern manages to get this into a shootout despite how well Ohio's defense has played all season. And if that's the case, then, um, yeah, I mean, uh, advantage to Georgia Southern. And I don't know if three and a half points helps you too much, uh, depending on if this game gets high scoring. I don't know if three and a half points really helps you out that much. So uh, this is one of those instances, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a couple that we talked about later today where I would say, like, split your bet, something like that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. here, I, I just I would stick with the money line. Uh, two, two things I want to say on this one. First off, uh, you, you know, if you like to bet the NFL, it's your game on, uh, you know, less than 24 hours from now, Thursday night. And uh, if you're paying attention to how the market is treating backup quarterbacks in the NFL, the answer is it's not doing a very good job because it's treating backup quarterbacks as if they're terrible and they're mostly just bad, not terrible, right? And uh, something to think about if you're looking at Thursday night football, I'll give give you all a little bit of, a little bit of hint there on that one of how I'm viewing that game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing here. I think that yeah, like Curtis Rourke's a good quarterback, absolutely, but like that doesn't mean he's worth you know eight points yeah. or something yeah. like that. He, he's and, not and, he's not that valuable. And, to and, and I it, coming into the season, I wanted him to be worth eight points. Yes, uh, but yeah. I I watched him play this season, and he he was not worth eight points as no. much as I wanted him to be. And and he wasn't probably even worth four points. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. He, he was solid, but like, yeah. it, and and again, I say all this with one game, anything can happen, right? In any different direction, but in general, I think the market is just not doing a good job of, of assessing backup quarterbacks. That's one of the benefits of sideline being yeah. a player-based model uh, and and having data to kind of figure this stuff out that the market's just overreacting. And I don't know who, who that is, what's driving it, if it's um, the, the books or if it's certain betters or certain, I don't know what's driving it, but it hasn't been very good uh, in general, that market's been, that's kind of been an area you can, you can profit. And so here's another one of the situations that doesn't mean in an N of one, that it's going to pay dividends. It just means if we're consistently taking the strategy uh, this fall, it's going to make us some money and it's made us a lot of money doing things like this. Uh, we were on uh, Miami of Ohio when Gabbert went down, made us a ton of money because again, the market just is yeah. like, oh, backup quarterback, they're awful. And it's like, that's what's happening. I think here, I think it's just an overreaction of this. Is a, this should have been Ohio minus like five or six or something. Right. You know, with with Rourke in there, and now it should probably be Ohio minus like two, you know, and and probably probably five to two or something like that. Probably he's worth three points. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably about right, but but the market's then flipped over to Georgia Southern minus three and a half. It's like that's not worth that much, right? It's just yeah. crazy talk. Um, again, anything happened one game like Ohio here? I kind of like the under as well, cousin Jared. I want to ask you and talk about this real quick. We may spend a little bit more time on each game because. We're down to bowl season, and so usually we, we're thinking about 50 games at one time. Now we're only thinking about seven. Mm-hmm. You talked about how Ohio can lose. You have to imagine Georgia Southern's kind of correlated with an over and Ohio's correlated with an under. That doesn't mean that's the only way it happens. It just means correlated because if Ohio's playing their style of game, they want to win this game, you know, 23 to 16 or something Right. Ugly and ridiculous. And mm-hmm. Georgia Southern wants to win this game, you know, 38 to 28, right? Mm-hmm. The total on this is 48 and a half. 48 would be your key number in the upper 40. Sideline says 45. I like the under. I'm leery of playing 
both because I just think they're so tied together. How are you viewing this under? Are you thinking maybe it makes sense for people who like to parlay, people who like to tease, you know, a team total, maybe, you know, that sort of thing. We want to be careful of not putting too many units on a situation where one thing goes wrong and we lose like yeah. 10% of our bankroll. We don't want to do that. So knowing yeah. that and knowing how cool these are, how are you viewing this total? What are your thoughts on, on all the things there I just said? Yeah. So uh, what sideline makes this a, a 45, you could go under a 48 and, and a half. Um, I on just to be completely transparent, I, I, get concerned about totals in, in bowl games mm. um, just because, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot to, to kind of keep up with. And, you know, you mentioned the opt outs and everything. Do I think that of course, Ohio is missing a little bit more on offense than, than normal sideline sees that and still says that, that it should, it should go under. Um, I don't know. I, I, if I feel strongly about a side, which I do with Ohio here, um, I'm probably just going to, like you said, limit my risk to playing just one play per game unless there's something that I feel really good about. We'll talk about one of those games mm. later on here. Um, maybe, but just maybe with, two. Yeah. yeah. And, and so just with, with – I feel great about Ohio. I – two different styles in this game specifically, mm. two different mm. styles – who knows how it's, that the stylistic thing's going to play out? I feel too good about Ohio to mess it up by throwing something on the money line as well. Excuse me, the the uh, total the, as well. The total, and, and that's a great point. And we'll kind of talk about that with the games that we're playing some totals in later. With a bowl game, will there be some game plan changes? Will teams just do different things? We've seen it before, especially with this time off. And with the slash of style, clash of styles. You, if it doesn't take much from one team to all of a sudden this game's going to swing wildly from a ton of points to not a ton of points. I think the under 48 and a half makes it 48 a key number. So I think if you like, uh, if it's under or pass, and I think the under makes a lot of sense, but there, there is, I guess, maybe what we're trying to say is a little extra variability on the total. And that means, you know, if it's a different situation, a standalone game, we'd probably play that if we didn't like a side, but we love the side enough here. Yeah. It's not going to make the official card. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 2.15 PM Jacksonville state in Louisiana, you know, strength on strength. Louisiana's offense been pretty good. Jacksonville state's defense been pretty good. Crazy from a rich Rodriguez team. Yeah, but their defense yeah. has been the strength of that team. Because I think these are two teams that have been a little bit underrated. I think Jacksonville state's actually pretty good. I don't think that record's too, who inflated? I think it's a little inflated because Conference USA isn't that strong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're obviously not as good as like a nine and three SEC team. I get that, but not a bad team. Louisiana, too. I think both these teams are kind of quietly frisky. It should be a great matchup. We're giving Louisiana a little bit of home field here. Why is that? Because this game is in New Orleans. And when they have played in New Orleans, they have packed that place. Mm, These mm -hmm. fans, you have to think are excited about the direction of the program. Last year was a tough year mm -hmm. for them after losing Napier. I don't think it's going to be a huge home foot advantage, but Louisiana's done well. Uh, in these bowl games where they're playing close like this. It's obviously not far from Jacksonville State. I think their fans will be pumped up too. So we're not giving it a ton. Just a tiny, tiny bit that makes this out to about a 50-50 contest. That makes 
Louisiana plus 130 in A grade. Cousin Jared, I think you're seeing what what you just talked about. You loved Ohio so much. That was plus 150 for mm-hmm. a game we thought Ohio should be favored, and that made an A grade. This is still an A grade. This is at the very bottom of the A grade. Mm-hmm. here because this is a little bit less likely to win and a little bit less good odds. So if we had an extra tier, this would be done. There. This would have been what we would have called a B grade, but the problem is all of them did so well, we wanted to make them an A grade because we wanted yeah. to like be like, this is these picks are doing well too. It's just mm-hmm. the, the first one, Ohio might be, you know, even more value uh, than this one, but this is still great value. It's just the bottom of the A grade thresholds. Cousin Jared, what are your thoughts? You mentioned that Louisiana fans seemingly love to show up to, to the bowl game, and uh, I'm going to call it the Superdome. I don't care what it's yeah, It's the Caesar Superdome, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. I, I I thought Mercedes had uh, stolen this one, too. And I thought I think they had for a while, maybe. I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. Who, who knows? Anyway, it's it's still the Superdome to me. Like, you know, those shirts, like, it's, it's still whatever it originally was called to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Louisiana fans love to show up there. It's definitely every single time they have played there, um, it has been definitely advantageous for them. Yeah. Not going to be a super long drive for Jacksonville State fans mm-hmm. either. There, there could be a, a decent amount of fans there. Um, but Remember, I, they're in Alabama, not Florida, for those who. Do. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, but still, I think they're going to be well outnumbered by the Louisiana fans. Uh, you mentioned Jacksonville State's record. Uh, not being inflated by uh, you know player, you don't think it's too inflated by playing in Conference USA. They're still a fairly good team. Um, what I would say is maybe Louisiana's record is deflated uh, due to the Ooh. fact that they played in the Sun Belt, the the greatest conference on earth, and the Sun Belt sent twelve teams to bowl games this season. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Twelve, twelve teams. To bowls, App State, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, and Georgia Southern, Georgia State, James Madison, Louisiana, Marshall, Old Dominion, South Alabama, Texas State, and Troy all went to bowl games. That uh, seems impossible. Uh, well, it's because Louisiana Monroe uh, like didn't win any games, and uh, Southern Miss also did not win very many games. Those were the has the conference ever sent twelve teams to a bowl? Uh, the SEC has because well, uh, they got sixteen teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know that's so no price. Four, 14, they're about to have 15. Well, it's an ESPN conspiracy. They're not going to tell you no. the, percentage of teams, uh, the percentage of teams that actually are going to be absolute numbers. Mm. Um, anyway, so I like Louisiana. I think they are a, a more ba- battle-hardened and battle-tested team than what mm. Jacksonville State has, has been this season. And, I mean, God bless Jacksonville State for give a, giving us something to watch on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursday nights randomly throughout the season. Um, you know, I very much appreciated that. Uh, but I think this is where the Cinderella season stops for them coming up against Louisiana team more battle tested. I think is just as good as them with home field advantage playing them in Louisiana. Uh, love that I am getting plus odds here. This, if they would have told me this was a pick them, I would have been like, yeah, sure. That, that makes yeah. sense. A lot of things going in Louisiana's favor here, uh, but plus plus one thirty, I uh, love it. Yep. Uh, we got a weather spot. 3.30 p.m. Eastern, Miami of Ohio at App State. It's looking like a pretty good chance of a lot of rain in Orlando. Mm. A little bit of wind. Temperature should be fine, but this game could get sloppy. I'm not sure if it's going to affect the total. Cousin Jared, this is a game where you're seeing App State, the pace they play at, their weaker defense, and you're thinking over. You see Miami of Ohio who's been just a beautiful under team for a long time, other than the like 
three non-conference games they had this year. A great under team for us. Another clash of styles. And again, if there's rain, that's going to make things even more complicated. No idea what's going to happen in this total. More importantly, no idea what's going to happen in the game. This should be a pretty toss-up scenario. Sideline all season has been skeptical of App State, thinking that they're a more fun story, a fun name, a fun program, a program that we all know about because of them beating Michigan all those years ago. And they've had many other great wins since then, including an incredible win this year over James Madison uh, to give them their lone loss. But this Miami Ohio team has also been pretty good and, uh, and the models love them as well. Sidelines got this at 47% for Miami Ohio, close enough to a coin toss that plus 210 is a great value. Cousin Jared, we don't also know who's going to play quarterback from Miami of Ohio. It might be the same backup who's been playing uh, for them ever since Gabbert went down and Avion Smith. But assuming uh, we are assuming it'll actually be the third stringer. And so as we did with Curtis Rourke and Ohio, we are giving Avion Smith only 20% and giving the other 80% to the third stringer and it hurts Miami's offense, Miami Ohio's offense even more, but the defense just like with Ohio is mm -hmm. the strength of this team and should be enough to keep them in and make this game competitive. Cousin Jared plus 210, a great value on the Red Hawks. They've been great to us all season. Can we eke out one more for old time's sake? Uh yes, I I think we can and I alluded to to this earlier when I told you uh, that the first game we talked about Georgia Southern and Ohio, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend uh, taking the three and a half points. I would stick to the money line. Uh, I definitely think that you should be invested in Miami, Ohio at, at the money line here at plus 210. But if you also wanted to split your bet, there's uh, some plus sevens out there. There's a lot of plus six and a halfs. Uh, you talked about the, the potential weather spot. So maybe those points becoming even more valuable. Uh, this is one where I would endorse splitting your bet as well if you wanted to go that direction. Essentially copy and paste. This, this is basically the same game as, yeah. as um, Ohio and Georgia Southern. Yeah. Um, I mean. This Miami, is the better quality version according yeah. to the model. Yes. But, but yeah, similar. Uh, it, Miami, Ohio, maybe on their third string quarterback. Didn't miss a beat when they went to their backup. Maybe. Have a feeling they they won't be, drop off too much uh, going to the third stringer. But, uh, you know, maybe more importantly, Miami's uh, Ohio's success has absolutely nothing to do uh, with their offense and has everything to do with, with their defense uh, and conference play. They gave up three, zero, 21, 17, 16, zero, 10, 15, 14 uh, points. Their defense is just unbelievably good. And with the weather situation that you talked about, even though app state's offense has been uh, really good this season, I ha have to say that I have been, very impressed with Joey Aguilar uh, once he kind of came in and, and took over. I know he, he took over earlier in the season when Berger um, got hurt and he's played really well uh, the past handful of months. You, you, you know, look at sideline and their, their quarterback ratings and you kind of notice how, you know, let's, let's just say maybe the quarterback at, at Tennessee Milton uh, goes down a little bit every week. Aguilar was the exact opposite. He was going up every single yeah. week for, for app state. So definitely like what I saw from them, but the combination Miami, Ohio's defense and the, uh, the weather spot, I think that Miami, Ohio is definitely the side in this one. Yeah, I am reminded of Florida State. And, and if you're a Florida State fan, my condolences. Um, 
don't even know what else to say other than I'm sorry. Yeah. It was, that yeah. was pretty terrible. But, uh, yeah. you know, they went down to the third-string quarterback and the conference championship game, and their offense looked pretty rough. And the strength of Florida State has been the defense all season. Obviously, with Jordan Travis, he, he's pretty electric, and they can do some things in offense, of course. But the defense has been really good mm-hmm. all season. And that's in the mind of how they, they lose – Gabbert, who's the the poor man's version, obviously not as good as Jordan Travis, but Miami's not as good as Florida State, right? So I'm obviously making a comparison between two different caliber of teams, but the same concept yeah. though. Decent quarterback oh, can be an okay offense, absolutely, but a great defense and then lose the starter, gets worse with the backup, lose the backup, it's going to get worse. But hey, you saw what happened in that conference championship. Everybody's like, oh, again, third string quarterback, right? Every, but yeah. people don't understand like these backups, like they're not as bad as they can be. You have to look at more than just the quarterback. That's up in Florida State, their defense steps up. They cover that game with ease mm-hmm. uh, against Louisville. And it's the same thing here. Like, again, end of one, never know what's going to happen. But yeah. uh, the bottom line is the market's overreacting to this changing quarterback, just like it did with Florida State yeah. and Louisville, and just like it did with Miami of Ohio, losing Gabbert and countless other situations, it seems like, uh, mm-hmm. where the quarterback matters absolutely, but it's mm-hmm. not the only thing that matters. Yeah. To a game where the quarterback might be the only thing that matters. Jager <laughs> Bavia, the yeah. uh, all everything for New yeah. Mexico State. Uh, this one is a little bit interesting. Another situation where there's a lot of things going on. New Mexico State's best wide receiver looking to uh, have opted out of this game. Fresno State's coach having opted out of this game <laughs> as well. But, I mean, the bottom line is just like Miami Ohio has been good to us, New Mexico State has been good to us. We did so, not play. New Mexico State in the conference USA championship game didn't think there was a lot of value in that passed mm-hmm. on that. I think that might be the only time we've passed playing New Mexico State in the last like eight games. And I feel yeah. like we might be like eight no with them. And then we were like, yeah. no, we're gonna, we're gonna take a break, ain't worth it. But now we're back, baby, back on yes. the Aggies. Yeah. A little bit of a home field edge for New Mexico State. Not that it's overly long travel from Fresno, but uh, I mean, it, it, it is a little bit of travel, but New Mexico State playing in Albuquerque. And given this dream season, you have to hope the fans show up for this one. Fresno State's a solid team, but that defense just absolutely fell apart down the stretch. Uh-huh. And I love what they've got at New Mexico State, a smart coach who knows how to take advantage of that probably going to figure out how to run the ball down their throat just like New Mexico did. And New Mexico State's a much better version uh, of of New Mexico. Sideline says New Mexico State wins this two out of three times. We've taken some dogs. Every dog isn't going to win those. Let's take a favorite here. New Mexico State minus 172 is a B grade. Cousin Jared, it feels right. Yeah. New Mexico State again. Yeah, yeah. So uh, our boy Pavia is playing. That's that's always important. Uh, New Mexico State has the advantage with quarterback play, in my opinion. Uh, they have the advantage on defense. Uh, I, I think clearly, to your point, that Fresno State's um, offense, or excuse me, Fresno State's defense completely fell apart. They have the advantage now in uh, coaching, in my opinion, and most importantly for, for bowl games. And, you know, I, I don't like to toot our own horns very often, but I feel like we have always been good since we started this show at identifying who is motivated in bowl games and, mm-hmm. and who is not, or at least acknowledging that that is something that needs to be considered when you're, you're making these plays and New Mexico state is as motivated as they come. I mean, from where they have been the past few years into the abyss, 
to now playing for a conference championship, playing in a bowl game. Uh, it's just, I, I think, nothing but but positive vibes from New Mexico State. Um, whereas Fresno State, um, you know, defense fell apart. Coach mm-hmm. has, has left uh, to due to some health concerns. So hopefully Jeff Tedford mm-hmm. get, get well soon. Yep. Um, offense has been decent. Um, but I would say not necessarily on an upward trajectory all year, kind of plateaued, went down a little bit, starting left tackle out, out for the season. Um, with two games left in the conference schedule, Fresno State, two or three games left in the conference schedule, Fresno State, it was like, hey, they have a chance to mm-hmm. play for the conference championship game. And then that all just went kaput uh, fairly quickly with how the end of their season played out, to your point, with some losses to some, some not great teams. So anyway, I – everything that I see says New Mexico state should be favored in this game. And then everything that you don't see, all of the motivation type things, all of that feels like it pushes even further in New Mexico state's direction. So um, I I love New Mexico state here and, you know, I could be completely wrong in that analysis. They could lose, but my heart is completely in it. And that is all, all that matters. I irrationally love New Mexico state. New Mexico State here, only a B grade because we are having a little bit of a price. The value isn't quite as strong as some of their picks. It's interesting, and people sometimes struggle with this, so I always try to remind people every so often. I don't want to say it every single show, but the grade has to do with the value there relative to the price because that's how we profit. You Honestly, and this is where it, take, it might take you a long time to get their viewer on, on understanding this, but you're not going to profit by winners because winners – don't exist. We can't tell the future, right? You're going to profit based off of getting good prices and good numbers that the good numbers is going to be the difference between winning 51 out of a hundred picks and 54 out of a hundred picks. And those are two drastically different every hundred game results or for money line prices, right? Getting minus 150 and winning 65% rather than getting minus 200 and winning 65%, right? That's how you profit. And so the B grade here is just saying that the implied odds from the probability and the implied probability from the actual odds are off, but they're not off by quite as much as some of the other games. This is obviously the most likely team to win of the first four games that we've seen, but you're also having to pay the price for it. And so all of our wager um, confidence levels are about... Uh, how much value we're getting. If you want to see probability of win, that's in, in the sheet and available to everybody for every game on Dub Club. Uh, mm-hmm. But with regards to how much confidence we have in the profitability of the pick based on the current prices, so it lags a little bit behind, but definitely should be a, a play. We've been playing New Mexico State at A grade, B grade, doesn't really matter for quite a while. Again, except for the conference championship game where we were like, I don't want to fade them. I don't want to play them against Liberty. Uh, mm-hmm. And here's another great spot to back them. But wait. There's more because the weather looks beautiful in Albuquerque. And this is a game that can sometimes get kind of wonky with regards to the weather. It can be snowy, it can be windy, but it looks like a nice day for football. So we shouldn't have any real concerns uh, about weather happenings. We are, uh, you know, a handful of days away, but it looks great. And as we just talked about, Fresno State's defense fell off a cliff. They were allowing New Mexico to run all over them. That was just one game, but they struggled uh, to stop anybody. New Mexico State's strength is their offense. New Mexico State plays a little bit slower, uh, but that doesn't really slow them down with regards to points because they're better on offense. Mm-hmm. Model projects 59 points. We're going to go over 51 because you're at 51 key number here in the 50s 51 52 kind of split the value here 
So getting over 51 is one of those kind of, you know, virtually run, don't virtually walk to your sports booking and lock in 51. I don't know where the number's going. I don't know where it's been. I don't know Cotton Mm -hmm. Eye Joe, but Mm -hmm. uh, we want to get over 51. Sideline thinks 55, 58, 59, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. 61, 62, whatever, right? 62, I guess not 61, 62 would be your key numbers you should be worried about. But why not just get extra value when you can? Cousin Jared, a total play here. First one of the bowl season. Weather should be nice. And there's no reason to think this game gets slow. We think we can easily get into the 50s, maybe even 60s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty simple. Pavia is playing. Fresno State defense is also playing. That's 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 about all you need to know. And I still think Fresno State's offense is decent enough where you know they can score. They'll put up 20, they'll put up some points. Yeah, 20, 21, 24 points, something like that. Uh yeah, I I, I think the the over I think people have a conception, uh misconception about how New Mexico State plays. And although they play fast, um, you can see their offense 105 or 51 in, in the, the country, according to sidelines. So um again, I, I think. They can score points. Has to do with pace. Also has to do with who they're playing against. Fresno State, bad defense. Sign, yep. sign me up. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the model projects an average score of 33 to 26. Obviously, that's an average score. That exact score is probably unlikely, but something in that ballpark, like you said, Fresno State should be able to get into the 20s easily. New Mexico State should be able to get into the 30s. So mm-hmm. uh, that gets us into the 50s weather looks great there the previous game we talked about the weather doesn't and so that's why we uh you know are, are shying away from a total there some of those games where maybe the 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 styles are different right make it a little bit tougher but this one uh i don't really think there's a huge difference in the styles on this one new mexico state while their pace is is really slow they aren't a defensive first team it's not really a clash of styles they're just not really in a hurry uh right. but you know we've seen this fresno state Defense can allow points in a hurry. <laughs> and that's yeah. going to be the thing here that, that both of these teams are better on offense and defense. And so we like the over in that one. Yeah. Sticking with totals, UCLA and Boise State. UCLA top 10 defense. Defensive coordinator, though, has now left to take the same position at USC. That's quite an interesting development for mm-hmm. a university that fired their coach and then said, JK, you want to come back, boo? Mm -hmm. And he did not sing Taylor Swift. We are never, ever getting back together. He was like, yeah, that's what I wanted. Um, (laughs) And then promptly loses his defensive coordinator, the strength of the team by far. Mm -hmm. Um, How much is that worth? We might be about to find out because they're playing a Boise State team who's typically been a stronger defensive team, but has a more offensive, a better offensive team here Mm -hmm. now than um, than than ever before with regards to the difference between their offenses ever before in recent years. That UCLA offense is terrible, and the biggest issue we have here with UCLA's offense is we're not sure if they're uh, you know top draft prospect running back is going to be playing. He hasn't been practicing is what it sounds like this week. 
Their offense was already bad. That would just make it worse. Dante Moore's in the transfer portal. If he's not around, that's probably a good thing because Garbers has been the much better quarterback. The issue is Garbers has been hurt a lot, and if he gets hurt, it gets really bad yeah. after that. Yeah. Bottom line on this one, you say he's been playing fast, but they go nowhere very quickly. <laughs> they still go nowhere, and they don't yeah. allow teams to go anywhere. Boise State doesn't really play in a hurry. This should be an interesting game. There will be no weather issues being – uh, in the the canopy, I guess you'd say, in Los Angeles. Maybe a little bit of a home field edge for UCLA. I'm not really buying much. They don't get much of a home field edge in general. At least the travel's shorter. I'm not really sure. Again, it should be an interesting game. I think it's priced pretty well with regards to the side, but the total at 48 and a half, 48 being a key number. I love being on the right side of a key number like this. I think it says 43.8. Cousin Jared, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I, I'm i not going to say that I feel bad for Boise. That That's that's not what I mean. Like Boise has definitely had their, their time in the sun, but they were, you know, they were struggling the first half of the season, fired their coach, uh, interim coach comes in, they start playing better. Taylor Green starts the season, gets benched, Starts playing better, beats a good UNLV team in the conference championship game. It finally seems like things are going, and then Taylor Green enters mm-hmm. the the portal. And you know, we we talked about it a lot with uh, in regards to the UNLV game because we had the over there that Boise strength this season had had been their offense. It, it was not their uh, their defense at at all. And so uh, I think losing their starting quarterback, especially against a team like UCLA is really going to hurt them, especially since uh, Maddox Madsen is also out for the season. So now you're going down to your, your third string quarterback. Um, I know that UCLA lost their defense coordinator, uh, but man, if that guy is 100% what was driving this UCLA defense, uh, he deserves to be a lot more than just the defense coordinator at USC. And, he should be head coach. And you need to be. And you, actually, you just need to fire Kelly and hire him as your head coach. If that's, yes. if that's the case. Yes, that is 100%. There um, might be a UCLA fan out there who's like, "Yeah, I would have been happy with that." So if that's what you wanted, I'm sorry that you didn't get your wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, I, I t- to me, with um, you know the the injuries and, and the transferring of um, Boise State's quarterbacks. I, I don't see why this wouldn't play out like every other UCLA game um, this year. And, and you talked about Dante Moore being in, in the portal. Um, I assume that, that Garbers is going to be starting in this game. Mm-hmm. And Garbers has been the better quarterback this mm-hmm. season. And it's but, not even close. But, but that does not uh, – I, I don't want people to take that as that means that they're going to score more points. To yeah. me, that means they're going to get more first downs – possess the ball longer might result in a few more points, but also going to be helping that UCLA defense by keeping them fresh and, uh, you know, limiting the number of points that Boise is going to be able to score. I was going to say Boise's defense has been leaky at times this year. And so it's like makes them good enough to maybe get a first down or two before punting so that the punt lands Boise state at their own 15 rather than a quick three and out or a pick six and lands Boise state at midfield, right? That mm-hmm. sort of thing. So their offense is still number one eleven with Garbers and it's still awful. It's just yeah. put Dante mm-hmm. Moore in there at full strength. It's like, yeah, worse. like bottom 10, which yeah. is why people were clamoring to fire Chip Kelly because, yeah. you know, and, and I see bottom 10, bottom 10 with, you know, a couple of key injuries, a couple of yeah, key, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever that situation, yeah. um, including potentially, you know, Carson Steele 
big out. The interesting is they've got a multiple guys. They've already out out, uh, a, you know, edge defender Lea Lea Atu Latu, who is the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, not even playing. Multiple other defensive players in the transfer portal, so we're giving fifty percent. Usually, defense still ranks number nine. That's how impressive that defense is. They've got depth. They're really, really, really good. The offense, though, just really isn't. Yeah. Uh, the last thing to comment here, and we talked about it there, and I want to make sure we just kind of summarize and succinctly say the key here: Madsen injured out for the season for Boise. The better quarterback was Taylor Green. Anyway, he's the one who led them to the victory in the conference championship game. Already committed to Arkansas. So one of the few quarterbacks, one of the few quarterbacks in the portal who has committed somewhere new. And so I'm not saying 50-50 anymore. We know he's gone. Yeah. Uh, and so that makes for a, a bigger difference. And that just shows you how good Boise State's offense is, is that we're down to the third string quarterback and their offense still grades out at number 45 because mm-hmm. they have a lot of talent there. It's just, you know, now we're talking about that really good UCLA defense can probably mm-hmm. That is going to lead to not very many points, in our opinion. Because the, the only last thing I want to say about about it's not even this game as much as just the, this the Saturday slate. I'm a little sad that Boise State wins the Mountain West. Miami Ohio wins the MAC, and both of them are playing on opening Saturday against mm. random teams, as opposed to like. Playing each other would have been good mm, in a mm-hmm. quasi-competitive ball. I don't know what bowl you would have put those two teams in, but I'm a little – I feel like we used to do that where we used to put like the MAC in the Mountain West or the you know the MAC in the Sun Belt or the whatever. Some of these conference champions in games against each other in the kind of like semi, you know, like a Liberty Bowl type game. It's like kind of, mm-hmm. kind of prestigious. Not obviously not, you know, like the Cotton Bowl, right? But um, – I would have liked to have seen that. Give these, give the reward these conference champions a little bit more with a better bowl game. But either way, here, here we are. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I agree. And the issue is that when you go look through the schedule, like there's not really one of those games that is just really uh, jumping out at me. Um, you know, like if Air Force hadn't gone on their mm-hmm. swoon at the end mm-hmm. of the season, mm-hmm. Air Force and James Madison. Are playing each mm-hmm. other, which mm-hmm. that would have been uh, a, a good game. Yeah. Uh, really, I mean, that that is. It, <laughs> and let me tell you, uh, I mark your calendars, everybody. Tuesday, December twenty sixth, the guaranteed rate bowl, Kansas and UNLV. Oh yeah, um, yeah that should be a lot of fun. Scoreboard operator, um, yeah. get ready. Uh, remember the the Kansas Arkansas game? I believe it was yeah. last mm-hmm. the bowl game mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. that had a gajillion points in it. Um, yeah, and overtimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that is that is said that there's yeah. not just like yeah. these two because uh, yeah. every year it was the uh, poinsettible and it was mm-hmm. what like TCU and Boise like every yeah. year TCU and Boise. So yeah. yeah, we we could we could easily do one between like you know the MAC and you know the American and one between the Sun Belt and Mountain West, whatever, just pick two, no matter, and put them in two bowls and and make them have the prize money a little bit higher, maybe make them standalone games and kind of say, hey, these are like the best of the group of five teams. And I would love to see those teams play because that'd be really entertaining football. I want to see, I'd love to see Boise and Miami, Ohio. I don't, UCLA, like they've got talent, but like, I don't know, I'm not not thrilled to watch them. And if you're UCLA fan, you probably aren't thrilled to watch that team either, right? You know, and I'd like the conference teams to get better. better Anyway, end that rant. Uh, Saturday night, one late game, 9.15 p.m. Eastern California 
and Tech in the Independence Bowl. What has the Independence Bowl ever been played this early, this late at night? I don't know what's happened with these bowls no. this year. So this one's obviously in Shreveport, Louisiana, because you're a, game, a bowl game that you and I have attended mm-hmm. uh, here yeah. between two six and six teams. Weather looks mostly fine. Nothing really to report here. Unfortunately, the team talent is also not much to report on. Cal, the model just doesn't really believe in them that much. And we just talked about UCLA. You know, we don't really have a great idea exactly what these coordinators are worth necessarily and or how much have they put in that can be carried over. But Cal losing their offensive coordinator uh, is, is a big problem because the strength of this Cal team, as opposed yeah. to years past, was their offense. We had multiple teams this year just kind of like flip identities on yeah. us, and this Cal offense was pretty good. The other problem with Cal is that they've had three quarterbacks play. Two of them are gone, so we're down to Fernando Mendoza. He might have been the better of them anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but if so, you know, it still probably hurts a little bit of that depth issue in case anything were to happen. Um, Tech a very solid team, nothing really to write home about. And you saw that in their six and six record. They really struggled when they went up in class. They handled the weaker teams. Cause Jared, I saw tech play Baylor, unfortunately, and I don't <clears throat> really see how Baylor's that different from Cal. Mm-hmm. Cal's probably a little better, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure by how much uh, at this point, you know, both of those teams have some glaring flaws and I feel like Tech took care of business against this type of team. We're going to take them minus 150 as an A-grade pick. Sutherland says Tech wins the 70% of the time, knowing that Tech is losing a lot of players potentially to the transfer portal. still think they have enough depth to get the job done. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Uh, okay, so I, I cannot – like I'm surprised that Tech's defense – is slightly above average. Um, so by power five standards, maybe by power five standards, slightly below average. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem they is- do, They do have a defensive-minded coach, right? Their head coach was the linebackers coach at Baylor and defensive-minded guy. So yeah. whatever that's worth. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that um, Justin Wilcox, and you know, may I remind you, uh, temporary almost Oregon head coach, um, Justin Wilcox, no, no. Uh, who decided to stay at Cal and is a defensive-minded coach, um, Cal's defense is bad by any standard, uh, whether power five or just all of FBS football. Um, they are, they are very bad. Their offense had been saving them this year. Definitely. Like when you look at the games that Cal won and, and hung in, you know, the games they probably shouldn't have hung in, uh, it was because how well their offense played. Uh, I don't think it helps that their offense coordinator took the job. Um, at, at Baylor there because clearly he had a, a good rapport with um, the, the quarterbacks there at Cal to kind of get that offense going uh, the way that they've been going. I think that's a fairly big loss for them because that um, Cal's performance on offense this year is definitely the aberration when you compare it to the past five, six years, however long that Wilcox has been at Cal now. Uh, this year's Cal offense has definitely been an aberration. So I, I definitely think they are more of a candidate to kind of backslide in that area. And if you're going to backslide at all on offense with that defense that Cal has, that's not good. Um, I don't care how many players Texas Tech is is missing on offense. One thing that I do have uh, faith in Texas Tech to do is uh, next man up on offense. Mm-hmm. They did it for years at, at quarterback. They have a couple of receivers out, whether in the portal or due, or, or due to injury. Um, pretty sure that Joey McGuire probably has some freak athlete 
uh, ready to go on the bench well, for, for uh, Texas Tech. So, yeah, um, I like Tech here. I would uh, say you could lay three points here uh, at some various odds, uh, usually mm-hmm. more better odds than minus 110. There's some uh, you know, minus 105 out there, minus three. I even saw like a minus three, minus 102 out there. Mm-hmm. I personally would just do the money line. Uh, this game, you could tell me crazy two-point conversions, uh, close game at the end. I don't want to be involved with any nonsense that goes on at the end of this game. I just want to be aligned with Texas Tech winning. Um, so you may be able to get good odds laying the three. I would just take the money line and be done with it. It may not be worth the stress that that, that causes you. Joe McGuire, one of the more, one of the most, maybe the most aggressive coach in college football. And that can lend itself to a two point conversion or two as well, right? That's on the table. And so something like that could, um, you know, could pay dividends there. A key for tech is that their star running back, Taj Brooks has announced he's coming back to Tech next year, so we have Mm. no reason to believe why he would not be playing in this bowl game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tech made a bowl last year, played hard, was motivated, and won. I don't really see why they wouldn't be this year as well. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. aberrations. This Tech defense, many people would say it's an aberration. The difference is they have a second-year head coach who came in and said, hey, we're going to shore up this defense, and it's going to be better. And that's what you're seeing, as opposed to, like you said, a coach like Justin Wilcox, who's been there forever, who said, hey, we're going to shore up this offense by bringing in this coordinator who's now gone. Again, I don't really know. I'm not penalizing the Cal offense. We're just kind of pointing out that even with the improvements on the offense, the model still thinks Tech's 70% likely to win. If there is any drop-off because of that, yeah. Then Tech's probability of winning probably goes to 73, 75. I don't know whatever percent to win. Today, yeah. great either way, laying the minus 150, which will take us to Monday afternoon. Always the fun one here because of the uh, the timing of the day game with Monday Night Football happening in ESPN running almost every single bowl game. The Toastery Bowl, the famous Toastery Bowl. I don't know what a toastery is or what the company toastery mm. is or how to toastery. I don't know, mm. but whatever mm. it is, is apparently famous. Western Kentucky and Old Dominion uh, quarterback Austin Reed sounded like maybe not going to play. We don't really know what's going to happen with that. That, of course, could matter because their backup is also in the portal and a redshirt freshman who's played very, very little would start. Old Dominion's leading tackler will miss the bowl game due to injury, but according to sideline, there's another linebacker they have that's also very good. This Old Dominion defense was their strength. Losing him, obviously not ideal, uh, and they do have uh, their starting safety to portal as well, but there's a lot of pieces for this Old Dominion defense that are still there. Sideline says they win at 62% of the time. And Cousin Jared, the model finally kind of came around towards the end on Old Dominion. Uh, it's a pretty solid team. Um, it, mm-hmm. We finally kind of backed them at the end, and I think it worked pretty well for us. So we're going to try backing him again. Minus 137 to be great. Pick what you got. Man, uh, like, so we talked about Texas Tech having a lot of people out. Um, some, uh, like, uh, receivers, offensive linemen, definitely missing a lot of people. UCLA had a, a lot of people out. You mentioned, uh, you know, their defensive lineman, uh, Latu, who was the Pac-12 defensive uh, player of the year, Kamari Ramsey, another good defensive player that they have there. I am not sure that <clears throat> anybody is as affected by opt-outs as Western Kentucky is. Uh, you mentioned their starting quarterback potentially being out, the backup potentially being out. 
Um, Two-time first-team Conference USA offensive lineman, uh, Quintavious Leslie out. Starting center, um, centers, seemingly important, generally uh, making sure all the protections are aligned. Uh, Starting center for Western Kentucky, also out. Uh, Starting right tackle, also out. Uh, Then you've got like three defensive players that each played over 400 snaps, all out. That is a lot to lose for a Western Kentucky team that I think probably underperformed a a little bit this season relative to expectations. And I think Western Kentucky is uh, still carrying this, um, I don't know, reputation as this super high scoring team. Uh, And definitely like their pace would reflect that. But the offense isn't anything necessarily to, to write home about. In fact, it would say Old Dominion has the better offense in this game when you factor in all those people who won't be playing. Um, Old Dominion got better as the year went on. Felt like Western Kentucky was pretty stagnant. Uh, says Old Dominion has the better offense, has the better defense. I think this is a situation where you're going to have more motivation on the Old Dominion side uh, because couldn't tell you the last time Old Dominion's been in a bowl game, but it's been a few years. And Western Kentucky, again, probably not the season they were exactly hoping for, not even playing in the conference championship game in Conference USA, which if you would have told me that before the season, not sure I would have believed you. Um, so anyway, I, I, I like Old Dominion. Maybe uh, a B play according to sideline, but an A grade in my heart. I feel like this is where we, we have done so well uh, the past few bowl seasons by picking out these teams that are really starting to peak at the right time uh, versus the teams who are kind of just let down and, and may not, you know, be able to give 100% effort for whatever reason during the bowl game. Yeah, I don't know how Western Kentucky didn't make a bowl game. We 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 yeah. just assumed all season long that that Jacksonville State might be good but would be ineligible and yeah. we thought New Mexico State might be good but like good for their standards. I mean, again, remember, you're talking about a New Mexico State team that like middle of last season was still ranked like 120th or something. Yeah. And e- even at the end, like their wins last year weren't that impressive. Like, so coming into the season, we thought a good season for them would be six wins again. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm not sure they deserved six last year. And so we were like, yeah, it's gonna be Liberty Western Kentucky. Like we just like, just put that in stone. Right. And then yeah. the fact that Western Kentucky to make it is just crazy. Uh <laughs> What do you think about our expectations from the start of the season? Uh, Old Dominion, you mentioned the last time they made a bowl. They did make one in 2021. A couple of years ago, they lost the Myrtle Beach Bowl uh, hmm. to Tulsa 30-17, and they made one in 2016. They made the Bahamas Bowl. But previous to that, they had not made a bowl because they were in FCS. And so um, they made the playoffs. Then, interesting enough, both years lost to Georgia Southern uh, in, F- in oh. FCS. So you could see a bunch of those teams were um, – you know, pretty good and, and all moved up together. Uh-huh. Uh, but then, of course, uh, before that, they were, I believe, in like Division Two or something even. So uh-huh. they've, they've had a, a, quite a rise. But like you said, they've been getting better and better, and their defense will be the best unit on the field. Austin Reed, again, we're at 50% on him, but I think the perception is that he's, you know, this fantastic gunslinging quarterback and obviously losing Zappy hurt their offense and people were like, Oh, look, Austin Reed stepped in and did all the same things, but I'm just not sure exactly how true that is. I'm not sure if how much of that was system stuff and whatnot. He just hasn't had a good year. And that's part of their reason that they haven't been as good when you're playing, you know, conference USA has some weak teams in it. And obviously like Liberty's really good, but the fact that they weren't putting up video game numbers just shows really how far this Western Kentucky offense has fallen 
from its glory days when they were a really good offense. And at this point, yeah. uh, it's it's just hard to say that they are of that caliber. Um, yeah. The last thing here I wanted to, to pull up here just to confirm uh, that I'm not crazy on this was seeing exactly where uh, Austin Reed ranked on the quarterback scales. And I'm going to have to do a little bit of searching here to find this, but I, I believe the, the model had him a whole lot further down than one would have, uh, mm, one would mm-hmm. have expected. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't really find it quickly. Oh, there. Uh, yeah. I can't find it quickly. It's either. almost like you've been focusing on another sport for like two weeks. It really is. And and then at some point it's like looking at this being like, there's just so many names out of the pressure. There's uh, rated a hundred, uh, 86th, 87th best quarterback, according mm. to sideline. So not that he's bad, just yep. not quite the same not, level of offense. Not, but. not the level of quarterback play that Western Kentucky has had probably the past three or four years. And because of that, because it hasn't been the same level of offense and there's a misperception about that on Western Kentucky and the fact that Old Dominion strength has been their defense and a lot of their really impressive games have been these wonky like 16 to 13 wins we're going to go under 55 in this one both these teams play fast but pace matters more in college basketball than it does in college football college with UCLA these teams can play fast and run a lot of plays but they don't go very far with regards to mm-hmm. it Sunderland says this should be in the mid 40s Cousin Jared, we're going to lock in officially under 55. We take a consensus line, kind of like an average of what's out there between some of the major shops. I actually didn't see a single 55 out there. I saw 54 and a half and 55 and a half. 55 and a half is a much different number than 54. And again, the model says 44, 45, 41, 48. These are the key numbers we should be worried about, but you might as well get every extra value that you can. And so if your only options, at least as of right now, are 44, 54 and a half, 55 and a half, it's worth an extra nickel if that's what you got to pay to make sure you get under 55 and a half. What are your thoughts on this total? Yep, I completely agree with you because of all the reasons that I listed. Western Kentucky is going to have a difficult time on offense, in my opinion. Look at that number 113. I could not have uh, believed yeah. that, but when you look at who all they're missing, it kind of uh, makes sense. And then that old Dominion defense, actually, pretty pretty decent defense. Yeah. Um, and so five I, standards, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I would kind of go back to what I said about the Jacksonville State and Louisiana game. Uh, you got Old Dominion from the battle-tested Sunbelt. 12, 12 bowl team Sunbelt uh, versus the Conference USA Western Kentucky. And so, yeah, I, I, I you know me. I'm never going to pass up a, a good under. Sideline says this is a strong underplay. And getting a, a number at like 55, I mean, come on. Not, not going to pass that up. If we were to just focus in on the group of five defenses on the season, uh, this old Dominion defense uh, ranks about 20, I think 20th, according to group of five standards. So a pretty good defense here and honestly better than any defense that Western Kentucky has faced this season with only two exceptions, that being Jacksonville State and Liberty. Uh, and obviously, again, those were the two best teams in Conference USA. That you know, mm. But when you look back at how um, Western Kentucky fared against both those teams, Western Kentucky put up 17 
against Jacksonville State, they put up 29 against Liberty. And so mm-hmm. when you're talking about facing that caliber of defense, if they're only going to score low 20s, right, that, you know, that sort of yep. thing, it's going to be hard for this game to get get up over the key number of 55, the most common outcome yep. in sports. Yep. There's your recap, uh, Cousin Jared. I feel like the theme of this show has been here are situations where teams have surprised us. The model picked up on that quickly mm-hmm. and we've been fading these same situations all season and yep. we're going to attempt to do it one more time. It's been working for us all season, but these teams like Ohio, uh, you know, losing a quarterback. Hey, it's maybe not as big of a deal as you think Miami of Ohio, uh, hey, this team's a good defensive team, or even Ohio is not as offensive as you think. New Mexico mm-hmm. State getting better than you realize, right? UCLA mm-hmm. such a good defense, right? Old yep. Dominion, hey, they're not a bad team. These same Western Kentucky, not the same offense you thought, right? Yep. These things that coming into the season, all of these statements would have really surprised us. I would have never thought Old yeah. Dominion would make a bowl game, yeah. uh, right? You did you did really I, well I, with I, your with your yeah. season picks, and that was one of the ones you got wrong. Was you, you picked yep. them under three? We did not yep. think that at all. And the, that's the benefit of having this model is to help us say, hey, we thought something coming in, but we're going to look at the data, follow the model, and see if it can profit for us here in bowl season yep. like it's done all season. Uh, yep. any, anything to add to, to my uh, my summary paragraph to wrap uh, up this? this I, would, I would tack on to that summary. Uh, do not overreact to the opt-outs until it's time to overreact and then overreact. Uh, and, and so, But I feel like what Sideline is telling you in many cases is do not overreact to these opt-outs in the case of like Ohio or Miami, Ohio, uh, New Mexico state saying, Hey, don't worry about it. Not as much of an impact as, as you think. So uh, really excited to see how the player base uh, sideline model does during bowl games and excited to, to, as we go along here, hopefully um, have another couple of, of bowl shows to cover more of the uh, bowl games as uh, we get here towards the end of the year. And I think some of the games that we should overreact to on the opt-outs, they're coming. Yeah. I just oh yeah. Don't know. Ease, right? The, the, yeah. the difference in caliber between some of these players from these smaller schools isn't quite as much yeah. as uh, some of the ones that are going to happen later. Where if you plug in the full team, you know you're seven to ten points different than than what's going to end up showing up at the bowl. So, yeah. at least so far, we're not going to overreact to many of these opt outs. Yeah. There's a recap of the picks. Thanks everyone for watching, and we will see y'all later. Mm-hmm.